0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast.
1: Uh, Good Wednesday to you all. Good Wednesday to you all. It's a punt day back here on the show. Uh, I think we may have three of those in a row coming up, which is pretty good, because this is a topic that I personally feel like I can learn along with all of you as a uh, roto-first guy. I don't do a great deal of punting on draft night. Most of the punting I do happens partway through a season in what I just call the give up. It's not a term that's caught on, but that's okay. Um, I am Dan Baspers. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today at Dan Vespers if you want to follow me on Twitter. And we are joined today as I flick him on the screen over here on the YouTubes by the mighty Rhett Bauer, the head of Dynasty content at Sports Ethos, also... One hell of a model American. That's a line from Ace. That's a line from Ace Ventura, I believe. Uh, he is at Rhett underscore Bauer on Twitter. Rhett, uh, good morning to you and happy lunch break to you. Yes, thank you. Uh, I
0: am doing great with my lunch breaks and filling that with fantasy basketball as much as possible. Which, who needs to eat? You know, like, let's just let a mock draft fill me up.
1: Look, if you want to have like a corn dog in the middle of the episode, I got no problem with that. Can somebody bring you something? No, you know
0: that I have corn dogs in the freezer too. Do you, you know that I have ch- absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely? That's it's the like, joke. Hey, what do you want for dinner? Do you want chicken nuggets or do you want corn dogs? Like those are the options. Yeah. So,
1: um, I have a guilty admission here, and and Brew, if he watches this episode, Aaron Brewski, our founder here at Sports Ethos, will get a good chuckle. Um, I have corn dogs in the freezer, and I had them from before we had children, so those are actually for me. And pretty Not much the same bag. I hope. Uh, I know I've gone through a couple since then, I think, but I think they stay good pretty much forever. What's the rule on freezers? Does anybody know? I I think the fact that they
0: can stay good forever means that they were never good in the first place, wouldn't you say? Yeah, That's true.
1: What's in those things? But damn it, they're delicious.
0: No argument here.
1: Uh, Shout out to Hot Dog on a Stick if they want to sponsor a podcast, because like, look, if you're in a mall, you better end up with a damn hot dog on a stick. But anyway, let's get into the stuff here. Everybody always yells at me because I talk about Dumb crap off to the side, but we're talking corn dogs, man. It's corn dogs day on the pod. Uh, Rhett, you got a big old brain, so let's start picking it a little bit here. You, um, when I when I threw a note in our our Slack thread at Sports Ethos, you and Mark, who we talked to on Monday show and actually is listening right now, as evidenced by his comment in the chat room, uh, calls uh, Rhett a madman who picked w- Wemby one in a league. We'll get to that, I think, at some point. Um, you said you often punt free throw, but also often punt threes. So I thought, all right, we already talked punt free throw. So let's get into punt threes a little bit today. Again, at Rhett underscore Bauer, in case you missed it while I was uh, rambling about corndogs earlier. Punting threes is not one I've ever done on purpose. It's not obscure necessarily, but it's not sort of one of the big two or three, wouldn't you say? It's usually like percentages turnovers are probably the big three and then honestly I don't know what comes after that maybe it's threes what's the argument I, for doing it
0: really uh, the argument is you just kind of fall into it like <laughs> I think that's that's really that's, what it is like, so
1: I do everything in life
0: uh, yeah exactly it just sort of happens you don't plan for it um but basically I, it's funny when you look at the first round of most mock drafts, about half the players are not positive contributors in threes. Hmm. you got Jokic, Embiid, KD, Anthony Davis, Giannis, and then Shea. That's six. Yeah. That's half. Like that is, that's half of a 12 team first round. So you can start punting threes right off rip, but I don't think you necessarily need to, because as you get into the middle of the rounds, there's going to be a bunch of players that are just, just knocking down threes. The second round's full of them with like Booker, Mitchell, Kyrie, if he makes it there, like stuff like that. So, Punting threes is more about probably trying to keep your field goal percentage good while also still scoring, right? Cause if you're gonna if you got a guy that takes a ton of threes, you got your Fred Van Vliet, you got your Terry Rosiers, Clay Thompson, like all those dudes, they're gonna struggle to keep their field goal percentage up. And so if you're trying not to punt um either percentage really, you just kind of take threes out of the equation and go for go for guys who score a decent amount, but don't necessarily hurt either percentage.
1: So at what juncture do you then make the call? Okay, I guess I'm punting threes now. If it's not the first round, how far away, How far down the line do you need to go?
0: I think it kind of depends on where you are in your draft, because if you are at the front end, and you, let's say you just pick number one and you just get Jokic, um, I think that you could probably look at... Um like if you're if you're on the turn, you know, 23, 24 and you can get Jimmy to pair with Jokic, it's like, okay, you're just not going to be able to compete in threes. That's just not gonna happen. But if you are at the other end, so let's say you're at like nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and you get a like a Kevin Durant or an Anthony Davis, and then you pair that back on the other side with like I don't know, Sabonis, that you could probably still offset that a little bit. Maybe not with AD and Sabonis, but usually (laughs) in the third or fourth round, I would say is when you can really look at it and be like, okay, I'm likely going to be punting threes, so I can kind of take that out of the equation. But that's not the time when you want to – 100, just like forget about threes altogether, because then your scoring is really going to struggle. And as we saw with my uh, mock that we did the other day, (laughs) if you uh, do not pay all of the attention to your draft, your team is going to end up very bad and you're going to
1: be good at field goal percentage. And that's basically it. (laughs) (laughs) So you talked about scoring in there. How do you avoid the pitfalls of being a bad scoring team if you're not hunting threes, you have to, is that something you do need to be like pretty cognizant of as you're moving through the draft?
0: Yeah, I think so. And really it kind of depends on if you, you know, if you can get good scoring with good percentages on both of them, like you got your Kawis, your Jimmies, your DeMars, um, KD, Booker, like all those guys in the, in the first three rounds or so, then you can, you can be okay with taking some lower end scorers like a Wim Yama or a Chet Holmgren and guys like that who are going to help you in other categories. But ultimately I think it comes down to you, you might end up punting it later. Like, cause you might end up going for like a Draymond Green later or a Chris Paul's of the world. And then you end up with an old man squad and you just accidentally ended up punting threes and points, which yeah. is okay as long <laughs> as your percentages Assists, steals, uh, and probably rebounds aren't too bad, but if you start getting too crazy with it and you don't get enough oomph in those other categories, then you've won four, and that usually doesn't work out well in a head-to-head nine-cat league.
1: Yeah, you kind—I of, think you need more than four. I, I, if my math is right, if yeah. my math is right, you might need one extra one there. Um, yeah. So, what about the free throw side of things? Because that was something you had mentioned uh, off-air, and I think I hinted at it earlier. Yeah. If you're if you're handling points, does that also kind of sometimes handle the free throw side, or do you have to do you have to tweak it a little?
0: I, I mean, it, it depends as well. I think if you can start off the draft with a Jokic Embiid SGA, then your free throw volume is that's a really good start so right. you can take you can take a like a Pascal Siakam later who's not super great in threes but does score, rebound, assist and get some defensive stats but what you cannot do is if you start with like an Anthony Davis DeMontis Sabonis combo those are your only two negative free throw shooters like for most of the draft like most of the top 100 I would say because you just at that point you should probably just punt free throw percentage depending on what your third and fourth rounds look like on the turn but You just cannot afford to, oh, I'll make up free throw percentage later because that's just not, we know that's not how it works.
1: Yeah, there's really only a couple of guys after the second round that can really put a positive dent. Is that a thing? Positive dent? A positive impact on your free throw percent? And I think you already mentioned DeMar. Besides him, dries up pretty fast after that second round.
0: Well, especially for dudes who don't kill your field goal percentage because then you're getting into another issue
1: right now you're suddenly like kind of okay at all at like eight or nine categories but not really all that good in any of them which sounds fine for roto uh but not so great in head to head and plus this is a damn punt episode today so that takes us way off track um so okay uh i had a question in the middle of there and then it jumped back and it jumped out of my head and i'm hoping that it'll jump back in here i think it had to do with oh yeah i remember what it was now so uh you're starting like if you're let's assume you're at the back end of a draft because typically that's where more punting happens if you're at the front end of a draft you can often take a first rounder that doesn't force you immediately into a punt build great that life is good but you know if you have the 10th pick and all of those amazing video game numbers dudes in the top four are gone sometimes you have to try to build your advantage against an opponent by changing the way the board looks and that's effectively what punting is So let's say you are at pick 10 and AD and KD are floating around up there and you decide to go Anthony Davis because uh, Kevin Durant is with two high-volume guys in Phoenix and um, his spider legs have been failing him lately. Um, By the way, I should note, I love both of those guys for Roto, but figured I would just make an argument for head-to-head here today. And now you've got like Ant and Sabonis sitting there for you on the way back or do you reach down farther. It feels like the path of least resistance is what you were talking about and just punting two things at that point, right?
0: Yeah. I, so I've done, uh, since my failure of a mock with you yesterday, <laughs> I've done four fun. others and I have done uh, a variety of things with them because that's just how I like to do things. And at this, in the second round, I picked uh 10th and I got Kevin Durant 10th. And on the way back, I didn't Reach for a punt threes player. I don't really need to with KD, but even if I had took taken Anthony Davis, I wouldn't have reached all the way down and taken Jimmy Butler at what would that have been fifteen? Yeah, I don't like that. think I. I don't think I would have taken Jimmy Butler at fifteen. Like I know he's not getting back to me, but I don't know if I'd really want to pair those durability concerns together with my first two picks, right? Especially with Dame maybe coming into town and that maybe impacting Jimmy's. Uh, assist count and then you've like if you've got Anthony Davis and Jimmy Butler you're gonna need to hunt assists the rest of the time and that's gonna get tough without killing your field goal percentage so I've kind of been looking at it like okay I'm just gonna take the two best players like even if I have a Giannis which I did in our failure of a mock the two picks that I was actually paying attention to I took Giannis and then I (laughs) took Devin Booker which was very on purpose. Cause it's like, Hey, high volume scoring, not going to kill my field goal percentage, decent free throw percentage, decent all across the board. And then you can kind of lean into your punt on the third and fourth round picks. But I don't think there is like any elite pairing in the second round with any of these guys for like just punting threes, right? Like, I don't think there's any way to look at it and, say, okay, yes, I'm definitively punting threes right now, unless you are also punting free throw percentage, in which case that gets into the Sabonis and and likely Anthony Edwards uh, combinations.
1: So at the risk of taking us in a weird circle here, um, how do you know when it's time? Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks.
0: Using draft trackers is probably a good way to
1: do it. <laughs> oh, which Sports hey, ethos has yeah, you covered. Nice there we go. Seg- nice yep. segue. Yep. Sports ethos so, does have a draft tracker, and I will tell everybody about it after Rhett's answer to this question. Yes.
0: So, but you don't want to draft purely based on the draft tracker because that's a surefire way to make sure your team is not actually going to win because you are going to look at categories that you're weak in and maybe not necessarily the scarcity of those categories as you're drafting. So. I think if you're looking at it and you've got, I don't, I don't know, it depends on the volume of the free throw shooting or or the threes too, but usually first three or four rounds, that's when I'm taking best player available unless, like I said, you've got a Giannis, which it's really hard to uh, make that uphill climb on the free throw percentage for him. <laughs> yeah, it but, feels like that uh, one, that one yeah. you
1: probably should just let it go.
0: Yeah, exactly. But with guys like Jokic and Embiid, like they're not so negative that you need to say, Okay, I'm I'm just absolutely punting threes right off rip. Um, but the board just falls in such a random way once you get into the fourth, fifth, sixth round that you kind of have to decide then when you're looking at the value on the board, if the top, you know, five options are all like guards or bigs that are just so Um, like heavy into three or four categories while being average or below average or tanking some others that's kind of the point when i'm looking at like okay i'm gonna hurt something right now anyways so i might as well lock in on these you know dominate these three or four categories be pretty good in two one or two others and then just kind of build my team out from there
1: I did promise I would tell everybody about the Sports Ethos Draft Tracker after that response, so I'm going to use this opportunity to remind everybody that, again, I am at Dan and We are talking to the great Rhett Bauer, Rhett underscore Bauer. The Draft Tracker, a link I just posted in the YouTube chat room. You can learn more about it there. It is the first ever live Draft Tracker at Sports Ethos. Right now, the projection engine in the Draft Tracker is the sort of big box site. Consensus projections on players, which is still a good thing to have as you're working through a draft. But starting on October the fourth, one week from today, Ethos 360 subscribers get access to the B150 and the projections within that will be loaded into a new version of the draft tracker, so you can actually run your draft off the Brewski 150 at that point. And basically, any subscriber, whatever day they get access to the Brewski 150 that's the day they get access to the upgraded draft tracker with the projections built in. So that's going to be a pretty damn cool tool. Um, Sports Ethos, now not just content, content and tools. It's a revolutionary day here at uh, at sportsethos.com. Go check those out immediately. So um, here's what I want to pivot into now because what I try to do with this show more than anything is simplify fantasy basketball. And I think it's really easy to kind of get lost in the 9000 different ways we can all do stuff with which is very true and very accurate but I think you also need to be extraordinarily good at fantasy basketball to process all of those things at the same time as they're happening so let's set up more of a hypothetical example Rhett of someone that goes into a particular draft now very intentionally punting threes which I know you said at the beginning probably don't just do that right out of the gate like if wait until you see what player falls to you in the first round. But let's say you've got the 10th pick. Let's just set it up that way. You're probably not going to have access to any of the guys that are sort of consensus top seven, which like, yeah, you could potentially, Shea probably makes the most sense as the punt threes guy in that mix because you get a guard that's also not very good at shooting three-pointers as opposed to a big man not shooting threes. That's not that big of a deal. That's like you kind of expect them not to make threes. You make yep. up for that later with a guard. So, excluding Shea, the top of the board, you're in pretty good shape to like attack this category. But end of the first round, like you talked about, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis uh, are two of the uh, two examples that are in that range that are not particularly prolific three-point shooters. Giannis is another one. His draft position is bouncing all over the map, but he's also in that mix. Booker, as you get into the early second round, along with Sabonis. Like, there's kind of a chunk of players in that mix. So, let's just assume now... Someone is going for it. Threes, I'm, I'm kicking them right to the curb out of the gate. What is kind of your preferred road if you can take it? And this is a hard question. First round, is it Anthony Davis in that case? I think probably so,
0: because the thing, the thing that you're going to need to do if you're, if you're just dead set on punting threes, is you're still going to have to be competitive in assists and steals because you just you're going to need probably both percentages You might end up being good at rebounds and blocks and so that would be four. and so you have to win one of steals or assists after that assuming that you're not going to be great at points if you can somehow pull off both percentages points assists and steals uh, congratulations yeah i was just saying <laughs> your draft was probably 11 auto drafters and you were able to give value the entire way i just don't i don't see that being possible um but so if you just decide Anthony Davis, I'm doing it, I'm punting threes, you're probably going to want to take guards that have okay field goal percentage, but good assist and steals for the next two or three rounds mm. because you know, in that middle group, you're at the turn, right? So you know, in that middle group, there are all of those bigs who get rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage There, They're all there. You've got your Gobert's, your Capella's, your Mark Williams, your Shingoon kind of gets some assistance deals in there. You've got Walker Kessler. You've got Miles Turner, kind of fits into threes, even though but like Evan Mobley, another one. There's so many bigs in those middle rounds. So many. Where if you if you can just stock up on those guard stats, it's gonna look weird if you're using a draft tracker. It's like, man, I'm really good at all these threes. Like, why don't I you're building all of those stats up that you need to win. Knowing that later on you are going to absolutely tank them by just <laughs> taking players who do not contribute in them whatsoever. And so if you're if you're looking at it, you're like okay, I'm going to take Anthony Davis, and then you can probably take um, you let's had- just say Sabonis because he he does get assists. He doesn't really help your free throw percentage there. But then third round somehow you're able to get a like a like a, a Kawhi, a Jimmy. A Siakam but probably kills your free throw percentage as well. DeJounte Murray. There. That's my guy.
1: You do love DeJounte. DeJounte. You're a historic DeJounte fan. I do. Yeah. Uh, is there a jersey I, behind you of it? I'm looking behind you. This one. This one right here. The It's a San Antonio. Oh, there you go. Murray 5. There it is.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That... Just the jersey color is worth keeping up there, even though he's not on the team anymore. So it's a nice little wall, by
1: the way. I don't mean to derail our you. discussion here, but wait. Thank you. After this answer, I want to. I want. We'll describe it for the folks that are listening but not watching. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that so, sounds good. And so, essentially,
0: you you need to stack up those guards who are going to get you. Decent points, decent assists, decent steals. And then you're going to really pivot into those bigs with your Claxton's, your Walker Kessler's, your Jared Allen's, your Shingoon's, your Go Bears. And then later on in the draft, you can kind of supplement whatever you might have ended up weak at, whether it be steals, probably not gonna be able to get assists. But just looking at things like that, where it's like, okay, I know for sure I guess you can't say for sure because you're at the turn, but you can likely end up reaching and getting some stats that you know you need to win in a way that you probably wouldn't if you weren't dead set on punting.
1: That's really So that's a really interesting thing that uh, I think people that are punting would most often go the other way on that. I do want to talk about your wall of jerseys here in a minute, though, but I I don't want to let that one thing go because you said something super interesting. Most people that are punting... Are attacking the categories that they want to win right out of the shoot. And you're actually saying it's more important to attack the categories that are going to be harder for you to win in your punt build early because the ones that you want, that you're the ones that you're going to get later are much easier to get and you can be more free to just go get them early. That's very counterintuitive, but also extraordinarily helpful news. Yeah. So like it, it seems counterintuitive,
0: but then if you look at it, it's like, okay, I'm just going to punt threes this whole time. I'm going to go to basketball monster. I'm going to punt threes and I'm going to look at the top players. Like you get, if you start taking just all of these guys, you are going to end up horrible at points. You are likely going to miss out on free throw percentage. You are likely going to miss out on assists. And then you are steals likely gonna, iffy. like, you're already, you're already giving up threes. That's four. And are you going to end up getting those steals if you don't have guards that get assists? No. And like, are you just not?
1: What, what happens to turnovers? Random fluctuations, like uh, right? Are you? Do you want to count
0: on turn? Now, I've definitely built some dynasty teams that count on turnovers against the top teams, but that's when you know what the rosters are likely going to be. Year right. Year. So you you don't want to do that in a regular non cat redraft league. But it's just if you end up only drafting guys that. Are good in a punt three. You will likely hurt yourself in categories that are impossible to make up once you get later in the drafts. Because, like we said, there's all those bigs in the middle rounds. You might they might go quickly, but you're you're getting Chris Paul in the sixth,
1: and that is your only guy who's going to be like elite (laughs) above average
0: assist player. Yeah,
1: you're done, and and you're not going to get him because he's going to be on my team anyway. Uh, No, he's not. Not when I'm in there. (laughs) We're fighting over Chris Paul now. (laughs) Uh, Brief break in fantasy talk, because I need to see all the names behind Rhett's head. Okay. Uh, Let me make it. Let me see if I can make Rhett bigger on the screen here. Oh, here we go. That's a little bit bigger. Okay. Got my pacers. Yeah, give me the walkthrough here.
0: Jairus Walker, Benedict Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton, Miles Turner, which I am very proud of, because I got the Miles Turner jersey. Uh, I think it was like... 2021 deadline when we still had sabonis and so they were like oh he's definitely getting traded i got this for 17 dollars. <laughs> then i got a well, halliburton well team played. usa uh paul george uh hickory jersey which some people hate but i'm from indiana it's a oh, movie
1: i was wondering what that then, one was
0: yeah a Jermaine o'neill flojo which is awesome a Larry Bird, like finals jersey that I won from a gym that opened up. It was like a raffle thing. I, I haven't hung it up yet because it's it's too nice. Jalen Brown, DeJounte Murray, Markel Fultz, Jaden McDaniels, Bam Adebayo, uh, Trey Murphy, and Anthony Edwards.
1: Oh, there we go. Yeah, I was having yeah. trouble seeing the three was a McDaniels there. I had to zoom in a little yeah. bit to get that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a nice. Especially because
1: the lighting in here sucks; is you can't really tell that that's like
0: super lime green.
1: I couldn't tell what the four was up top either, but that's the Halliburton Team USA. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so two Hallies. That's your that's your one duplicate up there.
0: Yep. Yep. So, and that will probably be the only duplicate. I just thought the Team USA jersey is so cool. I yeah. To have
1: that one so there. you uh, you feel pretty good about Hallie this season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I think I was telling you, I think Halliburton has a better argument to go three than going anywhere, but four.
1: Yeah. We, I, well, you know, I'm super high on him this year also. And I kind of faded him last year and it, I was pretty nervous for like the first two and a half months that I had gotten that one way wrong. And then he didn't play. Yeah. And then the second half happened and everything, everything landed. Um, okay. So, uh, Man, I, I just, I really, I love that point about taking this stuff because you want to make sure the, the stuff that... The other thing, by the way, um, on that point about taking the, the categories that are going to be harder for you to get later in a particular punt build is that if you don't, you end up in one of these, like, punt small, punt big type teams, which I know people are doing them now, but the margin for error on that is extraordinarily narrow because if you lose even one of the five categories you're hunting, you lose. First of all, that's how math works. But also, it's really hard to get anywhere better than like a four seed when you're trying to win 5-4 every single week. And so you got to have an opportunity to win six or seven categories. Sometimes, if you want to get yourself up into the upper bracket of your fantasy playoffs, I would think. But anyway, sorry, that was sort of tangential thought No, you have no margin for error for injury your positions if you decide to just ignore what you aren't
0: trying to be good at your positions are going to suck because oh then you're yeah gonna be like oh shoot I need a point guard late uh Spencer Dinwiddie like Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be your starting point guard in a punt threes like that you if you just neglect that position the whole time you are really really going to struggle to fill out a starting lineup that actually makes sense yeah and so you're going to you get beat
1: on games played because of that
0: Exactly. Or like the efficiency of those games played, right? Like yesterday in a mock that I was doing, I had, I started with Embiid, got Kawhi, and then I think I took, uh, I don't remember. That exactly is a what it was,
1: saucy pairing, by the way. I love it for a, Roto. A,
0: <laughs> it was an auto pick because I would have taken Jimmy and then probably Kawhi, but I'm more than happy with it. So th- there was a, there was a pick where I already had two center only players in Embiid and somebody else. I don't remember who. And I was stuck between like Walker Kessler or Chet Holmgren. Hunting threes. I already knew I was going to try to do that, but Chet Holmgren has power forward center. Walker Kessler is center only. I am not leaving my fifth or sixth round with three center only players. <laughs> that is going to make your team so difficult. Like even if it was two starting centers, two Util spots, that makes it so hard to fill out the rest of your roster because then you are relying on replacement level players to start at your position constantly.
1: All right, I'll, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. This is, I think this is the, the hardest question because, again, it does depend a bit on, on where you end up drafting. So rather than ask you uh, a question that I know a lot of shows try to like really hammer in on like 12 packs of players, I think maybe a better thing would be to ask about like chunks of the draft. So we've talked a lot about the top chunk and players that fit into this punt threes build. Who are the guys that make sense in kind of like the... 25 to 50 range and or beyond that as you're kind of working your way through who who actually fits the mold other than the really obvious ones which is like the centers that don't take any.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh honest unashamed to say Dejounte Murray makes a lot of sense in that range because <laughs> he's a player who doesn't rely on threes to have a lot of value. Um, you, you know, he's going to get you those assists, the steals, good rebounds for a guard, not going to kill your percentages, and sneaky low turnovers, which I think actually matters a lot more than what people seem to think mm-hmm. because, you know, if uh, – kind of another tangent. If a team punts field goal percentage, they're going to be elite in threes, points, assists, steals, and free throw percentage. That is five categories. So you are going to struggle to beat a team that's hardcore punting field goal percentage – unless you can match them in something and then you were likely going to rely on turnover. So I'm not using that as like a huge, like, oh, get guys that have low turnovers. But there is an argument for that in the middle rounds is uh, especially if you're trying to build something that, that makes sense. I found Here you could
1: sometimes club those teams in steals. That's the yeah. one where you yep. can kind of sneak through because like they take these, yeah. these assist scoring guys who are at like mm-hmm. 0.9, 1.0 yeah. steals. If you end up with a couple of those... guys, that's how you sneak in. And they had this plan all season long, but they had the one little weak spot. That's how you take them down. Yep, exactly. So, uh,
0: you know, your guards like your De'Aaron Fox, DeJounte Murray, Pascal Siakam, if you aren't already bad at free throw percentage. um, (laughs) But you you might be. Well, you might be. But uh, DeMar is an awesome one. I think a guy like... uh, Drew is an okay one because he does get threes but also those assists and those steals with a decent free goal percentage are going to be good. Um but if you end up not getting Anthony Davis and you really need the blocks, th- this is the range of the draft where you need to like hammer it because you can't afford to be punting threes and also not be good at blocks <laughs> because you're just like you lose. You 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 lose essentially. And so then you you really need to go after And this is where we were talking, it's like, I'm fine reaching for a Jared Allen, for a Chet Holmgren, for a Rudy Gobert, probably not like reaching, reaching for, but guys in that ilk that are going to get you close-ish to two blocks a game, even a Brooke Lopez, even though he does hit threes, even though his field goal percentage isn't like elite, you need that category, right? so you can't really choose to ignore that like it's not going to like it's just going to work itself out later which it might with like Mitchell Robinson, Mark Williams, Anyeka Kongwu but I don't want to rely on something like that where it is a swing category for you to win or lose a weekly matchup
1: once you've once you've uh, taken care of the big man stats after you so the path here is you got your first rounder we're assuming it's Anthony Davis for this discussion uh, yep just wa- walk with us people. We're taking you down a path. Uh, second, third, fourth rounds, you're looking more at shoring up the stuff that's gonna be really hard to find later to make sure you have five or six strong categories in this build. Fifth, sixth area, it sounds like you're looking more at the the centers now you finally sort of polishing this category off or even the eighth round if you want like you mentioned Mitch Rob, uh, Okongwu, guys like that. Yeah. What about the late parts of a draft? What what are you typically still hunting in a punt threes build that you can actually help with at, you know, the hundred mark or whatever?
0: It's probably going to end up being assists, okay. right? Like you're probably going to need that Tyus Jones, that Markel Fultz, maybe a Scoot Henderson if you really want to. Oh, Markel's interesting fo- there. Yeah. Markel, as you can see by the Jersey behind <laughs> me is another one of my guys. I'm a huge, huge fan of Markel. Uh, Chris Paul's another one that we mentioned is going to be good. Austin Reeves kind of sneaky in there doesn't get you steals, but does get you the points and does hit some threes but has good field goal percentage and is actually one of the few guys like in that range who is a positive contributor in free throw percentage not just has a positive free throw percentage right like he he influences that category on a weekly basis because he actually gets to the line um and so it's it's likely going to be the guard stats right because you are going to think you stocked up enough in those first three four whatever rounds then you're going to take a massive hit then you're going to try to kind of claw your way back into it and so you can look at guys like uh tobias harris i think is a good one even though he hits threes good boards decent assists james harden situation up in the air uh D'Anthony melton not great me, field goal I do percentage love me but anthony melton now and those those steals though uh is gonna be gonna be fantastic and then it kind of I get into flyer territory big time. Once I have my starting lineup filled out, mostly I'm taking the Asar Thompson's, the Amen Thompson's, the the Jairus walkers, the Ben Simmons. Like I'm just shooting for the stars when the, when those starting spots are filled out. And then you kind of get into whether they hit or not, then you can go back into streaming when you actually know how your team is contributing or how they're actually finishing on a weekly basis.
1: So it sounds like, and, and this is kind of, I think, the last point that I sometimes struggle with, which is when do you go make sure you get the guys that you basically can't live without? Now, in this build, the guys you basically can't live without are are probably the centers you were talking about between like 50 and 75, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I you, mean, it and, and, and like does
0: depend. Like, if you get Anthony Davis first, you're you could be okay to go with the like alternating big man right. guard in those middle rounds. If you get, you know, if you go for Shea and then you get like a Jaron Jackson or Miles Turner, like that elite elite block guy, then you can also adjust. But mostly, it is going to be those bigs. I think as long as you built out your team well enough on the assist steals points. Uh, categories to start off the bigs are going to be where you really need to hammer that home in the mid rounds
1: if you're in a punt threes build and you don't end up with ben simmons at the end of your draft uh will you have the most regret or the least regret
0: i think it's going to be the most
1: like i just don't you think what is the downside yeah there's none you missed a pick in the hundreds okay (laughs) yeah there really there really isn't anything there um red what are you working on right now Way too much. Uh, <laughs> Besides too much. children. Yeah. Ex- bah, um, yeah.
0: So I'm working on updating all of my dynasty rankings, including the tiers and the tables and the list that all of that comes together in three different formats that make it easy or more intuitive for people to garner what that interest or what the value should be. Um, working on a couple other tools that might be useful for redraft people it might not be it might just be purely dynasty but um We'll see if I can actually get some time to work on that stuff to completion or if it's just going to be something that I keep banging my head against a wall for the next six months until the offseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can get done when you're running like a children's fruit bars back and forth from room to room. Yeah. It's very hard yeah. to focus with, the, with yeah. that level of interruption. Um, yes. All right, you got like three minutes before you got to go. Mm-hmm. Sell my listeners on why they should try a Dynasty League. You can sell me too if you want. It gets you way more
0: familiar with the league and it makes you way better at your redraft because Mm -hmm. you were paying attention last year to silly season way more than anybody who was playing redraft because no one cares about redraft silly season because they're likely either out of the playoffs or they're so annoyed with silly season (laughs) that they just stopped playing even though they were in the playoffs. And so like you were paying attention when guys were going off like a Zach Collins or, So if you get in a redraft league that drafts super, super early before all of this stuff is kind of put out there, it's like, Hey, you know what? Zach Collins might be in a good spot. You knew that in April. And so that I think really matters, especially for those later picks. Like I was saying, you know, the players that should have a great opportunity to blow up, especially those rookies who are kind of in the middle of the hype train, not like the Wimbanyamas or the Scoot Hendersons.
1: Rhett, you are officially off the hot seat, and I know you have to get out of your lunch break, too. Thank you so much for taking the time to work us through this .3's build. Of course. Thank you. All right, we're going to send Rhett off because he's got other things to do today. You're stuck looking at my ugly mug the rest of the show. Uh, he is at Rhett underscore Bauer. He runs our Dynasty content at Sports Ethos. And the gentleman that you heard from on Monday, who uh, has been tuning in and enjoying and throwing some comments in the YouTube chat, uh, Mark Camaro, he is also part of our Dynasty division. Kind of interesting that you got our first two punt shows uh, from the Dynasty guys. However, that will not continue because tomorrow we're going to be talking to Keston Paul on the show. Um, he's going to be doing a little bit of kind of like a, a punt dabbling episode. That is to say, uh, we're going to get into kind of how to work your way through punts in a lot of different ways. Not necessarily like uh, keying in. Um, although he did say that he can do an assists or steals or kind of a combo assist steals punt, which is like a kind of a point guard punt sort of deal. Uh, we're going to talk to Tim on Friday. Uh, he's going to be working us through my favorite punt, which is punt points. Nothing flips a board quite like a punt points build flips the board because it is the category that everybody is targeting in fantasy sports. And if you can pull that one off and flip the board... It is, in my opinion, certainly on the Roto side, one of the easiest paths to winning a league because you're drafting from basically a completely different rank list than everybody else. You're barely targeting the same players outside of, like, the top two rounds, and it is chef's kiss when it all comes together. Yes, there are some pitfalls to punt points. You have to make sure that you're getting enough threes. You have to make sure that you have the guys that can weigh in heavily enough on the percentages categories because, like, you could punt points and take a bunch of guys that can't shoot that are great at threes and, and boards and assists and steals and blocks, but you got to make sure you're doing more than that on the roto side. So if you can take care of the percentages early and then just lean into guys that do everything besides score later on, you'll get all of them. That's the cool part about the punt points build is that you're barely ever fighting people for the players that are either on the wire or in your draft. So we'll get to that. That'll be on Friday show. Uh, We'll try to get some mocks going in between. I think we'll get a mock going tomorrow. I Don't know if we'll have time to get one on Friday. I will do my, what's the expression? I'll do my level best to get a mock going on Thursday and Friday since Yahoo did just rearrange their board again, and I want to make sure we continue to hit that. Uh, I didn't tell any of you guys to like or subscribe, which is not cool because Rhett's appearance deserves a like and a subscription and a five-star review if you're checking it out on the traditional podcast channels, which I know the vast majority of you still are doing, but you can always come hang out with us over on YouTube, throw stuff in the chat room. Sometimes we do questions at the end, usually on the mock drafts, I'll, uh, answer some questions at the end of the show. And as I mentioned earlier, do check out one of our subscriptions at Sports Ethos. I'll say this. I realize that your dollars are very important because dollars as a whole are not that easy to come by these days. I have a limited number of dollars myself. Um, If you are someone who is considering a subscription this year, I would say that there are far more reasons this season to consider one at Sports Ethos than in years past. That's not a knock on anything we've done here before, because the B-150 is the rank list to rule them all, and we still have that, and we'll have that every year, because Aaron Bruski founded the damn website. The projections are built on that. Those are outstanding as well. But this season we have a way for you guys to use that during your draft easily. And it's that draft tracker tool created by this man, the great Andre Lemos. Uh, he says, ha, I love that. That was just something we talked about earlier in the show. But Andre's available right now to help with troubleshooting if you're using it and having some any any issues. He's available on Twitter as well. He's also running our Sports Ethos Leagues which if you want to get in those, you can hit us up over on Twitter as well. But let's send everybody off to the rest of your day. Thank you with a hat tip. Uh, Go Cal Bears on the hat. With a hat tip to great Rhett Bauer. The great Rhett Bauer. I don't know why I said that with weird inflection. I think it's because I thought I was going to say a different word, and then I farted on myself. Rhett underscore Bauer is the handle over on Twitter. I'll make sure he's tagged and everything here. I am at Dan Bespris on social media. We are ramping up the social media, guys, and you must, must, must be on it, especially once the NBA season actually gets going. It's um, one other thing I was going to mention. Oh, season's less than four weeks away. Get your leagues organized, everybody. I need to give myself that damn advice. Uh, again, tomorrow, we're going to be talking uh, punt assists and or steals. We're also going to be doing a mock, and that's what you can look forward to. Please do like and subscribe on YouTube, and that will send us off into the distance here. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you later.